Modeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're gonna have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. And we are here. Hello. So it is Wednesday, March 28th, That's 2007. Right. Spring has sprung. Holy moly has it sprung. It's beautiful out there. Uh, and so, are, so is all the nature. All the um, nature. Everything's like green and stuff. I was walking my dog today. I'm like, wow, the grass is green. Wow. You know, we get these little tidbits about Gabe. <laughs> I didn't know you had a dog. Oh, yes. I mean, I you've been on dog. the show for three months and I had no idea you had a dog. There are lots of things you don't know. About I know. Me. You know, I'm, I'm learning these little little things every single week. This is kind of a he's such a tease. I'll tell you. Man. So um yes, and you know, and of course, yesterday, the day before was, you know, shirtless weather. So it was oh. absolutely fabulous. It I'm was like, wonderful. Wait, what was the day before? <laughs> absolutely. It was really nice and warm out though. Definitely. So oh my gosh. But it's a little cool today. So Right. Um, but I, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. So, I mean, so how was your day? How was your day? How was your weekend? Anything going on? You know, it was kind of an interesting. Um, I, I spent the afternoon on Saturday in Royal Oak, mm. and it is so gay. It is so okay over there. I mean, I went to the friend of mine asked it like, okay, we should go, you know, to a coffee house. So we went to a coffee house down downtown to meet and. Um, and holy moly, like half of the restaurant or half of the coffee house was was gay. I mean, I could I was looking around like you're gay, you're gay, and it wasn't one of those like <laughs> you know radar it, going off. It was like so obvious. It's it was like a, Oprah when she gave her cars. You get a car, yeah, you get a car. absolutely. Except it's you. You, you can gay. have me. You're you like, can have me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So you were it just was, there to get. Um, well, it was his birthday. Hang out. It was oh, his birthday. Well, fun. this is right. I actually grew up in Royal Oak, and oh. so I um, uh, was visiting family that morning, and then um, in the afternoon. Uh, I said, well, hey, while I'm in town, uh, why don't we get together for your birthday? So we got together for his birthday, Marshall. Happy birthday, Marshall. Oh. And, um, but it was just amazing. And then we went for a walk, and, well, and part of it was it was so nice, such nice weather on Saturday that uh, we spent most of the time out on the sidewalk and things. We're just seeing people go by, and I'm like, oh, my oh, gosh. People watching. People watching galore. People watching is so fun. Oh, my I word. I love it. And Ann Arbor has some, has some I'm sure Royal Luck does too, but... Ann Arbor like has Ann Arbor. some great people worth watching. Ann Arbor is definitely worth watching. Let Absolutely, me tell you. I mean it's, it's a different it's a different type of people. I mean it's a different type of gay. It's you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is. It's a whole different breed. It really is, and you know, and we met early in like earlier in the day, so you could tell like who just woke up and who didn't wake up. And there was this one guy. It was very funny. He walked by. He walked back, and I looked, and of course the shirt's practically almost undone and thing. And I'm like, and I was more like. 
wow, you're very casual for today or whatever. Um, but all in jean, like all jean wear. You know, the shirt was jeans, oh, no. the, the, the pants denim. was all denim. <laughs> and um, and then, like, so then we decided, we finally decided, okay, we're kind of hungry, so we went to a restaurant. So we went to a restaurant to eat, and sure enough, he walks in. This time, he's got the long uh, shorts and a T-shirt. And I'm sitting there, and he came in to eat and things, and so he was there, and um, and so then we said, okay, well, let's go for a walk and do some shopping and things. So we were doing some shopping downtown Royal Oak, mm-hmm. and sure enough, before I left, he was in another outfit, so, and I what? Just, yeah, he was in a totally different, the same guy went from dead. Did he have to a bag or anything with him? Uh, no. No, so That's he amazing. must live close, you know. No way, he has superpowers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. So it was just an um, it was it, it really was, and so then we got to shoot. Uh, went to the new. Um, uh, ch- chosen by BC, where Chosen Books used to be, mm-hmm. and, which now I'm hearing mm-hmm. Chosen Books is now opening up in Ferndale. Um, so we went to go see the new shop and what's what's there because I hear they're very uh, friendly out that way. And um, um, or the the odors, uh, BC and Merv are uh, very friendly, and they're very they really are. Okay, um, I've never and, been over there. It's fun, huh? Oh, uh, it really was. Actually, it was it was. It definitely was. It was not the royal look I grew up in, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, so it was a very, it, it was very, uh, uh, it was very, it was lovely. Well, good. Yes. So big news today out of Lansing. There was? Yeah. I, well, um, so, you know, today was, uh, was Safe School Lobby Day. Yes. Um, and uh, we just got the news that um, the Michigan House uh, passed 59 to 50 today in favor of Matt's Safe Schools Law. Woohoo! I know. It's amazing, right? Yes. So, so um, we're one step closer to preventing um, people from being bullied. In the school system. In yes, school exactly. System, which is great. Definitely. So, um, and... And so wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful to uh, if Triangle would just happen to call? I know. I hope Triangle calls in. I, you know, we, we, I happened to actually just thought, you know, I should call in the closet. They didn't see that. Well, what are the odds that it would be just out of the sky? You know, you put a bunch of fairies together and magic is bound to happen, right? I I heard my ears burning and I thought, you know what? I bet it's Dan and Gabe. Oh, right. You felt your ears burning. You're like, I didn't know Chlamydia went up to the ears. Well, excellent. Well, you know, for those of us listening, for those of you listening in, we're talking to Mr. Greg Varnum for the Triangle Foundation. <laughs> and um, Greg, are you on your way back from Lansing? I am, in fact, on my way back from Lansing. I, I uh, have just left the Capitol a little bit ago. We had a very successful lobby day, and we had a very successful vote in the House, fifty to fifty-nine, in favor of our bill, which we're very pleased with. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> So it all, it, all was, uh, it, was, it was actually amazing, the turnout that we had. I was really excited by the number of high school GSAs that showed up. We even had people from the Upper Peninsula that showed up. Wow, awesome. You had this neat little map right when you walked in where you could put a little push pin into the state map from where you were from. Wow. And the map just had pins all over the place. It was just amazing to see. And the energy in the room. And people did a great job talking to their state senators and talking to their state representatives and uh, everybody at the Capitol was commenting on how well everyone did. So folks who were there should certainly be proud of themselves. They did a wonderful job. Uh, affirmations brought a bus over, and the bus was full, and they did a wonderful job. So everybody who was involved with the planning did great. 
everybody who was there lobbying to great. And certainly, you know, it's so neat is, is it's rare that we do a lobby day where you actually get to see the fruit of your labor on that same day. Yes. And so for the House to say, you know what, we're so moved by the lobbying that's happened and by the comments that were made by the Epling family and the other families that were there that they decided to move on this today and went ahead and passed it, and so now it goes over to the Senate, of course. But Wow, uh, that is so incredible. I mean, do we have them be that? That's really great lobbying. Did you guys have, like, training, or did you guys have, like, a little like pep talk before you went? Well, what we did was special hot chocolate that we... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank the coffee shop in the area for helping us Drink this right now. <laughs> well, what we do is when everybody gets there, and they have to get there pretty early, so... You know, for me anyway, this is amazingly early because I don't always show up that early to anything. But they were there about eight o'clock to nine o'clock, and some people arrived. And then we did an hour-long training, so they had to listen to Sean and everybody else talk for an hour. Which, um, having working with those folks, isn't always easy. But they did a really good job. They were very energetic and kept everybody's attention. And I think it was partly because they had some really great materials. And I was actually really amazed at the amount of research that people had done before they even got there. I was talking to high school students who knew all of the talking points before we gave it to them, and they just knew the bill in and out and could recite the bill to me, which I can't even always do with those who are That's that's excellent. You know, so people were very well rehearsed before they even showed up, which is so wonderful. So absolutely. uh, Well, it certainly is a great victory. So so what happens now? So it goes to the Senate. Tell us what the process is. Well, the the Senate's going to go on a break for a little bit, but in the next several weeks we're going to be working with we're going to be lobbying with the senate and they're going to be voting on a bill that's introduced there now there was an amendment to the bill from the house so there's a difference between the two bills and that they're going to work that out in committee and then the trick is is that the chair of the committee in the senate is not allowing this bill to even have a hearing and so we have to start working with that committee chair and with that committee the education committee to even have the hearing but once it has a hearing, it will go for a vote on the floor. And it, it, mm-hmm. on first glance, it looks like we even have enough sponsors of the bill that it could almost pass in and of itself on the floor. Um, however, okay. we're going to need a lot of people to get in, hold, in touch with their state senators over the next few months and in the lobby with them, either over email or over the phone or in mail, or maybe we'll have another lobby day if we think that that's what's going to take. So there's going to be a lot of contact from people who are listening to get in touch, even if they live in Ann Arbor and, you know, they want to just, they know that Liz Brader is a big fan of this bill, but it's still important for people to give them those messages because if she gets attacked by AFA or the other side, it's helpful for her to say, look, you know, I don't necessarily have to listen to what you're telling me because I have so many of these constituents telling me how important this bill is, and that empowers her to then go and talk with other senators and, and lobby with them. Excellent. So so people should should continue to hit their state senate representative um, their state senator, the state senator, yeah, to yep. and say, you know, we want this to, we want this to pass. We want all of our kids protected, right? Yep, and it's called Matt Safe Schools Bill. It's gonna have a, it has a House or Senate number, but that may get changed. Um, so for now, it's, it's good to just reference it as Matt Safe Schools Bill. And and the senators, a lot of the senators will know what that is, and if they don't, then then they certainly will figure it out. They'll right. find out. Now, um, now you were saying that they, if if they wanted to, they could override the the committee and just pull it onto the floor. Well, they can't just pull it onto the floor. They ha- it has to go through a committee hearing. Okay. Um, now, what can happen is 
senators can certainly put pressure on that committee, but they can't really force that committee to do something. It's really only the chair of that committee who can get that through. Um, and then it's also going to be up to the majority leader in the Senate to bring it up for a vote. Um, so there's two individuals who have quite a bit of control over what happens next. And now, if people are interested in kind of following this, I would encourage them to, and this is our shameless plug, but it does happen to have a lot of information about the bill. Uh, if people go to our website, which is org, there's information there, and there's going to be action alerts coming up in the next few months to get in touch with your state senators. So people can just go to our website. They click in their information. There's a, a template letter kind of written for them that they can tweak and make their own. And then they send it off to their state senator and their senator tallies that they're in favor of it. And they do track those, by the way. People kind of, I think, feel like when they do that, um, that it doesn't get paid attention to because they may get a template response back. But I can assure you that the legislators do have people on their staff who are tracking their incoming messages. And it's always amazing to me that when we meet with them, they can cite how many emails they've gotten that week on that issue. Even if they haven't read them all, they can still tell you how many they've gotten and what side of the issue that they were on. So it is important to do those action alerts. So now I now I would think that now don't is it the does Michigan have um is the majority Republican or Democrat? Well the Michigan House is controlled by the Democrats, uh so not a horrible surprise that it it was passed. Right. The Senate is controlled by the Republicans who uh, uh have an issue why. with the enumeration piece of this bill, which is the part that outlines the different groups that the bill protects. And enumeration is, is pretty standard. Most most bills that deal with discrimination or protection of minorities enumerates or outlines all of those groups. But the Republicans have a bit of an issue with that. So that seems to be sort of the, the focus of the uh, opposition to the bill. Gotcha. So it's all very complicated. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of information about it. But it, the simple part of it is that we did get a pass in the House. There will be a, a Senate bill, and we are going to need a lot of help getting it passed in the Senate as well. And do you know how soon the Senate would be? I mean, if we get this pushed and, you know, all our listeners um, like Howard Stern vote for their uh, – and talk to their senator and and, uh, um, and well, ch- change I it think, and get it out of committee? I think the Senate is uh, – I know they start their break at the end of this week, and it may have actually started today. So the Senate's going to be out of session for a few weeks. Once they get back, that's when the efforts really will be stepped up. Okay. to try to get this out of committee. And that's where we'll be sending out those those fun action alerts that we all get in our, our email inboxes. Gotcha. Um, so we'll be sending those out certainly once this gets to movement. But at this point, it's now sort of up to kind of these these discussions with, oh, you know, we need to get this on the agenda and, and encouraging the, uh, the legislators in those one-on-one meetings. So the, the actions for folks to take is to... Start, you know, getting those letters ready. Start sending those emails to their state senators and let them know, even if they don't have the exact talking points. It could be a very brief email just like, hey, listen, I know that this just passed in the House, and I know that it's going to be coming before the Senate soon, and I just want you to know right off the bat that I'm in favor of it. Perfect. And that's really important for people to do. Absolutely. And you know what? And even if you haven't, like, contacted your House of Representatives to help them pass the bill, I mean, to write them a thank you note saying yep. thank you for doing this. I really I really appreciate it. I think it's also affirmative for the, you know, affirmative for affirmation for them to be like, hey, I really did do something great today. Absolutely. There are 59 representatives who did a great thing today. There are 50 representatives who... I can't say they did a bad thing today, but well, they it's on their conscience, cheap. right? <laughs> they just right. Have a different opinion. <laughs> we'll, we'll put exactly. It that way. So good. 
I also, by the way, while I have you guys on the phone, I have a, 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 a hot off the press announcement about creating change. So I don't know if you guys have that info over there, but um, we have some information from the task force about the creating change conference. Oh, What's yeah, do tell. There is uh, the dates for creating change when it's going to be. It's in Detroit, by the way, in case anybody listening doesn't know. This is the world's largest gathering of gay activists, gay community organizers and college uh, yeah community organizers and college campuses right right yep high school organizers anyone who gets involved with organizing around GLBT issues this is the conference for them uh, 4,000 5,000 people attend it's a really big deal we're really excited that it's going to be in Detroit the dates have been announced and it's a change from when the conference is usually held is we're it all usually used to the conference being in November this year they're holding it in February so it's going to be February, I believe it's 5th to the 10th. It could be the 6th to the 10th, but it's mid-February, uh, 2000 and eight. I think make it 8, right? Yep, yep. Because yeah, we're in 07. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That sounds really bad. But February 2008, it's going to be in Detroit, and there's going to be a community meeting on April 12th at 7 p.m. at Affirmations where the task force is going to be present to start meeting with members of the community. So anyone in Ann Arbor... Anyone in, anywhere in the, the listening area for Closets or for Clothes, as long as you are interested in helping out with the conference or if you want to give some input on what should be happening with the conference, the first community meeting, and there will be others, but the first one is going to be April 12th at 7 p.m. at the affirmation, the new Affirmations building. I should point that out, the new one, not the old one. Now, why would I want to get involved with I mean, why would I want to be at the planning meeting? Wouldn't the, at, wouldn't the, wouldn't the task force already have an agenda for this conference? I mean, why would I need to talk to them? Well, there's, there's going to be some changes to the conference, and I think it's going to be really interesting for folks to be able to give some input on, on how they would like to see those changes implemented. And the task force does listen to what happens at these meetings. But even more importantly, all of these people coming to Detroit are going to be looking to what our hospitality is and looking for, you know, what's their impression of Michigan and what's their impression of southeast Michigan in particular. And the people who are at these meetings are the ones who are going to be helping figure out what is the hospitality going to be, how are we going to be implementing it, how are, who are the volunteers on the floor going to be. So while it's true that the task force has a paid staff working on this conference all year round, a lot of the staff for the conference are people who are on the host committee and people who live in the area. So in Michigan, we're going to have a lot of involvement, or we're hoping we'll have a lot of involvement in this conference, but... You know, those of us who are working at the organizations have already committed to doing this, but we're not going to be doing all of it, I can promise you. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, we're going to need a lot of help from people, and absolutely. so we're going to be looking at folks in Ann Arbor, we're going to be looking at folks in Rochester, and Ferndale, everywhere. Uh, anywhere in southeast Michigan, or really anywhere in Michigan, or really the Midwest, I suppose. I mean, we're not going to be, you know, if you're from Ohio, we're not going to say no. Uh, but we're going to be looking for folks in this area to get involved. So attending that meeting, April 12, 7 p.m. at the Affirmations Building, which, by the way, I don't know if you two have had a chance to see this building. It is amazing. This building is amazing. So if nothing else, that meeting at April 12th at 7 p.m. will be a good opportunity to see the new Affirmations Building. Excellent. Perfect. What a great opportunity to get involved. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you so much. Triangle is thrilled that this conference is coming into town. We couldn't be any happier. I, I bet. It's just right up your guys' alley. It is. We were, you know, the task force is, uh, we're a community, or we're, sorry, we're a capacity building partner with them. Uh, we meet with them weekly. We're close affiliates with them, and we're so excited to be able to show off our state because we think Michigan's a great state. And we've been encouraging them to bring creating change here for years, and we're just excited that they are, are doing it once again. It has been here before, but they're doing it once again. 
and then we're going to have an opportunity to show everybody just how wonderful and how friendly and how much fun we are. Great. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate yep. it. I mean, thank you for giving us the breaking news and yeah. um, and also um, the new information about creating change and, and a great opportunity for folks that need to get, you know, we really do need to welcome all these people that, you know, Michigan is a really great state. So, exactly. So, exactly. Thank and I you. think, I'm hoping that, I, and I, I don't want to take up any more time because I know I called it at the last second, uh, but in, I'm hoping at some point you guys will get a chance to talk about the exciting news that happened at Eastern this last week as well. Well, you know, we may have a chance later in the show, so you Stay Excellent. tuned, everyone. I, Absolutely. I don't tease too much. I just was like, well, I'm hoping that there gets some discussion because I'm particularly excited about that as well. And I. I think Gabe is, and I, I expect Dan is as well. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And so is uh, Kate Brindle, who just walked in. Oh, really? Oh, well, tell Kate I said hello, because uh, Kate is wonderful, and certainly it wouldn't have happened at Eastern if it wasn't for Kate, and I think she does a great job, so I think you guys will have a lot of fun. And she's a comedian, so how can you not have fun talking to her? <laughs> we always do, absolutely. So definitely, sure. so we'll be definitely talking to Kate about the uh, the wonderful breaking news at Eastern Michigan that happened last Wednesday, I believe. Um, and again, thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate yep, you doing you. this. All right. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Well, that's such great news Absolutely. about about the uh, Matt Safe Schools and um tr- uh, and the Task Force Creating Change Conference. You know, yes, it's exactly. Great. So it's really exciting. So everyone out there, get involved. Absolutely. In so um, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we will be talking about some very interesting. Uh, we will some some intersection of like sort of sexuality and and identity and yes. yeah uh, yeah and culture. And so culture. interesting. So we're right back. Hi, this is Linda Lombardini from Trillium Real Estate, the lindalom.com team. You are listening to Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. So Dan, you know, I was um, I was flipping around the interweb, oh. and um, I noticed uh, there's there's this new site called Three Sixty Five Gay. Okay. And so I was reading, and um, uh, there's this really interesting news article on Arab lesbians. Really? What did it have to say? Well, you know, it's because um, there's been a whole a lot of like media coverage lately around um, Middle East. Clearly, there's yeah, I was gonna a, say yeah, the past six years, right, right. But, yeah. <laughs> but not only the Middle East, but also talking about it and finally talking about what it means to be Middle Eastern and or Muslim and or Arab Absolutely. and also lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Yes. So, uh, and, you, you know, a couple weeks ago, Detroit Free Press ran a feature on an, an organization in Detroit called Algamia, oh. um, which is a sort of a fellowship group for LGBT identified Arabs and Middle Easterners. Okay. And it's such a... Um, it's such a. Uh, it's not talked about a whole lot. I feel like it's this taboo Absolutely. that we don't even have the language to, to, um, to talk about. And you know, there was um, a lot of uh, controversy over the summer around um, World Pride in Israel. Absolutely. Um, yes. And um, so the the Associated Press reported today that the Arab lesbians are having. Um, a historic meeting, uh, a small oh, conference. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's only like ten to twenty Arab lesbians, but they're out Arab lesbians, and 
and they're making their presence known. And this is this is a huge risk for them, but it's it is it is. What, well, what kind of a risk would that be? Well, well <laughs> there's lots of things, you know. So I mean, they're in America. R- well, no, well, no, they're actually having the the meeting in Israel. Oh, in Israel. Yeah. Oh wow. In Haifa, right? Oh my goodness. Okay. Right. So, um, you know, I just thought it was really interesting because you know today we invited Lillian here, um, uh, and Lillian is joining us. Um, she is a senior, or yeah. she's a fourth year, and she's done a little bit of research and reading on, on Middle Eastern, Arab, lesbian, gay, bisexual identity. Is that right? Or? Yeah, yes, I have. So, so give us the rundown. Like, Tell us what you found and, and tell us what you've discovered. Well, first of all, being a half-Lebanese lesbian, uh, it was an important issue for me because most of my friends who are uh, lesbian and Middle Eastern have the same issues that I go through, mm. uh, trying to come out to our parents and how we're going to do that. So I thought I'll take this opportunity to research this topic and see if I can learn anything new on my own. And um, doing the research, I've seen that, like, although there are a lot of, like, online websites that uh, have that show support mm-hmm. for uh, gay, and Ar- uh, gay and lesbian Arabs, okay. there isn't any physical... Or a lot of physical um, oh. places where people these can people meet. can meet. Oh, so so it's totally an online community. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. There isn't wow. like, there is like probably like twenty websites uh, that show support for gay uh, Arab, but there is that one. Uh, uh, yeah, one mm-hmm. place to meet, which is uh, the one that you were talking about Al-Fatiha? in Detroit. Yeah, oh, in, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, in Detroit, and it's mostly like for networking, not even support like that. Now, when you say so. networking, you mean like, for instance, on where to get support within the community, or networking yeah. like to get to meet new friends? Yeah, or, meet new friends. But not like necessarily go out for like drinks. a meat market. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Wow, and and so why would it be? I mean, why? Why do you think it's 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 a mostly online community versus uh, where they're not gathering and in, in, in physical in, spaces? Yeah. yeah, it's it's very taboo. Uh, it's uh, like most um, les- like lesbians they don't come out to their parents, especially like lesbian women mm-hmm. when they reach a certain age. It's uh, where it's like necessary for them to get married. It's very hard for a woman who like when she has three or four husbands coming to her mm-hmm. to say. Uh, no, I'm gay. You know, you can't just do that like in America and use that as an excuse. So there's an expectation. So there's an expectation to get married, whereas like a gay man might go to see a woman and he'll be like, oh, no, she wasn't pretty enough for me. A oh. gay woman, she can be like, no, she isn't, he isn't cute for me. But they'll be like, well, he's a good catch. He has money. He has this, which are the important things for mm. an Arab woman. Okay. So she can't say no. Like, for example, my cousin who, like, her parents discovered that she was a lesbian. The second they discovered that, they married her up to the first guy that came to her. And she had no say. She, she, had, she had to marry this, this yep. gentleman. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And another friend of mine who is a lesbian, they married her up to the first guy, and she refused to have any sex with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they ended up having a divorce after a while, and now she's locked up in the house, and she can't leave anywhere. Right wow. at her family's house. Yeah, not at the ex-husband's. Yep. Okay. And is this this is in, is this in the states or is this, this... is in Dearborn? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And but Dearborn has a, such a, a huge um, Arab Middle Eastern population, right? Isn't it? Yeah. The... So they stick together. Sure. So yeah, it's just even worse when you have like all Middle Eastern around you. You have to stick to the culture more. 
You can't mm. just deviate. Oh, right. So it's interesting. It's oh, so if you step away from the culture, it's then there's more you're... likely that nobody else would know. So we'll let her okay. do whatever she wants, kind of. But if okay. you're in a Middle Eastern community, it's even worse. Because they'll keep each other in check. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and so and you were saying that, but it's easier for the man or the male to be able to say if he's a gay man to be able to say, oh no, she's not pretty enough. I, yeah. I'm not really sexually attracted to her. But yeah. And continue to be be single. Yeah. Um. Is there a point of when they kind of go, hey, wait a minute here. You've been single and you're like 55. They don't suspect gay. They just suspect that he just doesn't like women, which is okay because women are not seen as something. They're seen as like this Objects? burden, oh. this burden on a really? man. Oh. So he doesn't want to be bothered with hmm. a woman. So he continues to be in like 35. And like, uh, this is my oldest brother. He always says that men, as they grow, their value becomes more. So he feels that, like, if he reaches 35 years old, that he's going to be more, like, sexually attractive to women. Interesting. And the older. And I think he's gay, too. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. And so it seems like, from what I've gathered, you talked about so far, is that this is cultural and not necessarily a product of uh, religion. religion. No, no. I'm Christian and... It's the same thing for Christian Muslims, the same thing. Okay. And it's even worse, like, outside of the U.S., because in those areas, you can kill somebody for your honor. Um, so in another country, th- yeah. just, just because so you're you honor, can, you can just go ahead and kill them. Yep, oh, wow. Yep. And you get probably, like, three months in jail, and that's it, and you get out. Oh, so, so but there is time. So even though if it is a... Yeah, it's not much. Okay. It's worth it <laughs> for okay. people, so... Wow. wow. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holy moly. But then, um, and so... So it's it's really quite risky. Where yeah. here you may be sequestered in your home, or you may be, you know, you may just have to have an understanding with your right. husband. Right. Um, over there, you're you you're you don't pretty much have options. And over here, like if it gets to to the extreme level, you can go to safe house if you're a woman and mm-hmm. like okay. get shelter that way. There's services, right? Right, but th- at the same time, most of the it's not even physical. It's mostly like you don't want to hurt your family's pride. And like their honor, that's the only thing you don't want to hurt. So the woman is like just forced to do whatever her family wants. So being, being a, 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 a having a history of being, um, a, I'm saying being a history of a white Christian. I guess I'm still white, but I don't really necessarily think I'm Christian. <laughs> um, is is that I get quoted a lot from the Bible or right. the religious book. Right. So what? But as a culture, I mean, what do what is what is the understanding about homosexuality? or It's, or, it's uh, seen as a westernized thing. It's seen as Americans. That's the, that's the, that, those are the sinful people. And mm, they do it. We don't have it. So almost as if it's uh, like an outside influence. Like right, it is. That's how it's seen. The same as in every other country like Africa, where huh. they use corrective rape, which can kind of relate to forced marriage. So, so explain the corrective rape, because that's, that's a new term that's used. And I, uh, yeah, uh, corrective rape, it happens in Africa, and lesbian women are uh, raped and encouraged to be raped by their parents and their mom. Uh, because, wait, so, wait, wait, wait. For a young woman to be raped by their mom... No, not by their mom. Their mom encourages the rape. Oh, encourages the men to rape her, her, child, yeah. her daughter. So okay. she cannot be gay again. That's the way to not make her gay again. Wow. So it's very much in the same sort of vein where... where it used to be thought that if you had sex with a virgin, you could get rid of a sexual right. transmitted infection. Right, right. Oh, right. interesting. That, and they, they try to make the women pregnant 
So that way she would like have to be normal again. Like she would have to take care of her kids and. Wow, to force the gender role. Yep. Wow, and then yep. that would change the the sexuality. Wow. Now, what about for gay men? I mean, would they would they be gay men? Would be like in Africa, they would be abused. They would be kicked out of the house. Okay, so, so it'd be much. It's a more of a physical punishment, not necessarily yeah, yeah, a yeah. a power. A, I don't want to say sexual punishment, but because I, I always think of rape as this yeah. power and control. But right. in, in a sense, it's a very similar it's punishment. It's punishment right. that you do that you're banished right. from the family. Yeah, and it's crazy because there isn't much research on it. Like I try to research the history of it, and mm. there isn't really many articles about that. Mm. And mm. I've only seen like one a documentary on Logo, and mm. it was really good. But they don't really show the history of like corrective rape. So, so in in what you found and read and research, what is the well, what can you say about what the typical sort of life is for a gay or lesbian person in in the Middle East? I mean, you have to keep your mouth shut pretty much. You cannot meet anybody because there isn't meeting places mostly. Uh, especially I went uh study abroad in Jordan and there wasn't places to meet gays and lesbians. And if there were places, you would be really fishy about them because you would be like, what if it was a setup and they're mm. trying to arrest us? So there's definitely a culture of fear. Yeah, you cannot you cannot be out in countries like that. There and, is no way. And you were saying earlier that they, they that there were some folks that would be like a guy would be set up to go beat other men to right. kind of like um, as you said fishing, going out right. and gathering right. who who's gay, who's willing to have right. Um, and then they would come back and... They would tell the government and the government would punish them. And if that guy, because it was uh, this article about an Iraqi guy who was hired by the government to find all the gay people. So they would be like punished or jailed or whatever. Mm. And uh, that guy himself, he was gay. So mm. when he like kept out information, they would know. So they would torture him too. Mm. Oh, wow. So it was just really cruel. Mm. It was cruel. Wow. And yeah, I uh, read an article too about two Jordanian men that were found to have like sexual relationships together. And they ha- they were forced to flood the country to some westernized country. They didn't say which one, but Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because I remember last year talking about this and where there were um, uh, LGBT folks that were, you know, uh, flocking to England and they were going to right. England and because of the. Um, uh, Civil partnerships. They can. No, it know. was regarding uh, because it was a mass murder, um, and not an alpha, but a. Oh, jihad. Jihad. Thank you. There oh, was a okay. jihad against the, the the government. Actually, sanctioned and said, okay. "We we will murder." I mean, we are looking. Right. We're going out and looking for right. you, and and actually going and to get rid of the right. the sin of our 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 country or community. Right. Um, and so I remember talking about this. So this might have been one of those situations where that's one of the yeah. tools they used. Yeah. Wow. And then, it, so then, but yet at the same time, I'm, I always hear of how comfortable with physical touch um, the folks of the Middle East or Arabs are. And Yeah, it's seen as a cultural thing that two men holding hand down the street. It's like, it's not seen as being gay. It's just seen as like, it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. And the same with women. They're just being friendly. It's not anything Mm -hmm. more. So that just sort of bolsters that whole idea that it's a Western thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll be like, I'll tell my mom, like, we're walking down the street and I'll be like, look at them, they're gay. And she'll be like, no, they're just friends. It's not the same here. Wow. That's just over there. Over there, it's gay. Over here, they're just friends. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what advice would you give to someone who who is Middle Eastern or Arab descent and is thinking about coming out or not knowing what to do about coming out and yeah. and is concerned about their families or home lives? or You know, the, uh, first of all, if your family are re- liberal and you know, like, how you the boundaries of your family. So don't cross the boundaries because it can get dangerous. Mm-hmm. And what if you already moved out of the house, though? I mean, what if you're out, moved out of the house, and in your own place? Women don't do that. Oh, we don't see. move out unless we're married. Gotcha. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, you have to find a way. I don't know. I that's the most of the research that I did on. And to be honest, there were two ways. One way is like deceive your family and just like go somewhere else. And deceive them and break their honor. And the second one is like marry a gay man <laughs> and <laughs> okay, gotcha, yeah. and have a little arrangement where you know. Yeah. But uh, so in some ways it's very similar yeah. to what a lot of non-Arab, non-religious right. people go through. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So. Now what, I do need to. If it's okay with you, I want to kind of back up. And um, one of the things is that you were saying when you said getting married that they'd marry you off to the to the. I was like, well, what about the. And I don't mean to be selfish and be very uh, male, male driven here. But one of the things of is where, um, what happens to the guy that marries her, not even knowing that she's a lesbian? Like what, what happens to him in the sense of? This is when religion comes in. Like in Islam, a man pretty much can have the woman whenever, unless okay. she's on her period. Okay. So. And the woman is supposed to submit to it, and she just like that's the good wife. She okay. does this, 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 okay. and sex is one of them. Okay. She pleases her husband, so she'll have to submit to it. And okay. So it's a, oh, so then she would be just stuck in that situation. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be, be yep. oh, okay. I was just trying to think of like the because what would be the advantage of the guy marrying the woman mm-hmm. um, and. And I think that's because, you know, I thought the same thing, but I think it comes from sort of our Western mm-hmm. viewpoint, right? right. Like, Absolutely. Right. I'm just going to say, because then the other guy becomes victim, you know, the victim of right. it. But then I didn't realize, I keep forgetting about the, it's a you have to be, yeah, how right. dominant the guy, uh, the, all the advantages right. that uh, men, men have. Right. Um, wow. Interesting. So was, what was the one thing that surprised you or that you learned uh, from from all the research you were doing? Which, by the way, thank you for doing all the research oh, you're you were welcome. doing. Yeah, and coming and talking to us. Well, the one thing that surprised me is this organization. It's called Aswat, which means Voices in Arabic. Oh. And it's in um, Palestine right now. And it's starting this uh, new group where uh, it's just for lesbian women in Palestine. And it's trying to show like support like physical support and have like meetings there mm. and stuff so hopefully that'll be a sign of hope for the wow future, but, but wouldn't that be dangerous for them to do this or is this the, are these women that are have an understanding with their family or i don't know what kind of woman they're trying to get or whatever but it's like in israel which is like more westernized and more liberal so i don't know if it's leaning more toward israeli women or more toward arab um, Palestinian gotcha. women, okay. but hopefully that'll you know show a sign of hope. Yeah, absolutely. Small steps, right? Small right, steps. Right, right. <laughs> wow, gutsy. I mean, now I mean, now I want to listen to things that are going on in the Middle East, especially when it comes to the LGBT community. I right. definitely will have a different perspective. Excellent. Right. Holy moly. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. And You're we welcome. hope you'll come back um, and, and share with us more of your research and thank you. what you found. <laughs> thank you. Great. Fine job. So we'll take a quick break and then we're back with, uh, we'll talk about EMU. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. We'll be right back. This is Keith Orr from Common Language Bookstore and The Out Bar. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on your radio dial. You know, for once, it's nice to, to talk about some of the victories, right? Some, Absolutely. Some good news. And um, we haven't had very many victories uh, for a lately, while. right? So, um, good news. Uh, I know that both uh, EMU and U of M are celebrating pride this month absolutely right so that's really huge um and the spring has sprung yes and um and you know all these alerts going back and forth about emu and the regions at emu are just doing incredible amazing springing into action that's right so emu has um added uh gender identity and gender expression formally into the non-discrimination um, clause and policy of Eastern. And, and we have uh, with us Kate Brindle, who is the director of the LGBT Resource Center at Eastern. Hey, Kate. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, welcome back. Good, thank you. It's oh, my gosh. Here. So there has been, so this just didn't, just didn't happen overnight. There, This is not something you guys decided like a week before the, the regents said, oh, yeah, there's a regents meeting last week, next week. We should do something. How long have you guys been working on this? Right. We've been working on this for over two years. So we've wow. been uh, consistently, the student leader group, and actually um, Craig Varnum, who was just on the phone and mm-hmm. a former co-host, um, was really one of the driving forces behind this. And so they've been presenting consistently at every board of regents meeting um, we have we have a great student leader group um, the student body president and vice president not only presents at every student affairs committee meeting but also um, talks about it at every public comment section of, of the actual Board of Regents meeting. So, you know, there have been a lot of, of meetings of getting people on board. Um, the faculty council endorsed this as well. You know, meetings with the president, who's been very supportive. So Absolutely. it didn't just happen overnight. Um, it was very helpful that um, we had recently... Um, there was a change of regents, and, yes. and we have um, some more progressive regent members that, that are Granholm appointees. So really, I think that, you know, and this is one of their first major policies that, that they passed. So I, I think that helped. You know, the timing was right when they came on board. Absolutely. Because I was kind of surprised how quickly... I knew the change was happening, but I, I was like, I happened to be checking on the website, and there's this announcement, and I was absolutely, absolutely thrilled. I didn't hear the the salutes or the fireworks going off. I didn't hear any. I mean, the grand party or the announcement of, uh, um, you know, the website having a little, you know, uh, celebration on it. We probably should have a celebration. Well, it was weird. It was almost kind of, um, you know, I, I expected that too. That you know, we've been working on this. The the room is just going to erupt in cheers once they say yes, and and it was unanimous too, which was encouraging. Wow, that's yeah. great. So, um, but it wasn't. It was. It was. Uh, they they just you know they were going through all their policies. They went through this policy, and you know everybody, if you're in favor, say aye. Everyone said aye. We did our little silent high fives, and and you know, <laughs> next policy. So it was you know. It was, it was almost rather wow, anticlimactic, absolutely. you know. Absolutely. 
Dang! I mean, the whole—I was—I just picture like the the whole audience getting up and cheering, and and I think they were just kind of like more concerned about their their policy wanting right. to be passed, probably. I think know. so. Well, because you know we're still having some some issues, and you know some yes. yeah. So you know, I, I think people are kind of concerned. You know, honestly, I I don't know how many people in the audience even even knew what a big deal this was. Right. You know? and, yeah. Especially because they did pass it along with several other other policies. You know. Okay. That, so, um, so we were you know smiling and silently. That is exactly. so. So it is a big deal. So tell us what this means. How does how does the rubber hit the road on this? Um, basically, it's it's going to go into our non discrimination policy. So it would become another protected class like mm. sexual orientation, like race, religion, uh-huh. you know, on down mobility the line. status, all those things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, you know, it would discourage. Hope you know that's what we're hoping, yeah. discouraging folks, you know, because there's some teeth behind the policy from discriminating and harassing. And I think that it also beyond that just creates a a sense of of safety in a sense where you know everyone is valued. On, climate, on our right? Campus. It really right. says something about the climate, right? And so, and now there's actually a mechanism to pursue it. You know, in the case that you do feel discriminated against or harassed based on your gender identity or expression, there there is an avenue that you can pursue. Um, you know, whereas before it was kind of like, well, you know, you can talk to the other person or talk to the professor or whoever was doing, mm-hmm, it and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the outcome was, was whatever the outcome was. So, right. Um, now there's actually a way you can pursue it. Wow. Wow. And so if so, like, and one of the things that. So what so what does this mean? Like, for, for instance, like a, like a student, they would then just I mean, now we're going to have a bunch of men wearing dresses on campus or now what happens? So. Well, you know, I honestly, I think that, you know, I'm not sure how many people know about it. We're trying to okay. do a, a good job of publicizing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it. But in terms of, I think what would what it would look like in reality is that if you felt that you were, you know, I don't, I don't think a bunch of people no. are, are going to, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. So it might encourage more people to come out. But I think that if you do feel like you were discriminated against, you would, if you're a student, you would go to Student Judicial Services. Got if it, it was another student, or you would go to the Office of uh, Diversity and Affirmative Action. Mm-hmm. If it was a sta- mm-hmm. faculty or staff member, just the same way you would if you felt discriminated against or harassed um, and, and that's what I was thinking ways. I mean it was more of like you know nothing really quite changes I mean even though it was kind of an ex- accepted thing on campus it was not necessarily something that now suddenly there's there's a group of people that have been waiting for this to happen it's just it's going to be just operate as usual of just non-discriminating um, non-discrimination so um, so yeah, so it, it, it's kind of it is kind of in a sense a uh, very anticlimactic because it was already the the atmosphere I think uh, at Eastern's campus of just the, this is just not something to do especially with Jody Norton Jordan mm-hmm. Norton who were with with um, uh, Jody's work on campus and things like this that there was already a, a conversations that have already been happening right and there's a, and I think the university has always been supportive it's just nice to have it in an actual policy yes. for backing mm-hmm. you know for instance we were working with our housing department and they have a, they've made an official statement before this ever happened that they would not only not discriminate but that they would also accommodate students um, based on gender identity and expression there's really a commitment from the um, administration to to build um, gender neutral bathroom facilities facilities in our new buildings and and renovations. So even though that's not written in an actual policy, they have been very committed right. to it. And so it's just nice to have that, you know, to kind of give it some teeth to, to back it Absolutely. up. Absolutely. You can return to it and say, look, this is the foundation mm-hmm. by how which we do our work, right? right. So that's, that's excellent. Great. And I think it's also something to kind of like boast about Eastern Michigan University is that it's the second 
university in the state of Michigan to actually pass this. Mm -hmm. So U of M, um, I think Eastern has just uh, stepped up a little bit. I I think so, too. (laughs) And, you know, honestly, it's our hope that that Western was actually the first university to pass it. And it's really our hope that, you know, as more and more, you know, now we're on board, um, hopefully Michigan State and U of M will get on board. And I really think that the more that do, you know, the more that pass it, the more other universities and schools are going to say, okay, you know, absolutely, basically, you know, nothing bad is going to happen once we do this. Are yeah. horribly scary, so, and it's really well, it's something we should do. And I think one of the things that it probably is also going to help is now there are uh, grant opportunities that were not available to that they're to do to, to help with some of the programming you're doing mm-hmm. um, on campus. So this allows you to expand your grant opportunities and 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 actually. Hey, you know, have more, have better program. Not that you don't have good programming, but you know, having improved the program that you have. And and that's one of the the ways that we use to try to persuade the the region, saying, Hey, look, we're eligible for all this funding, or excuse me, we would be eligible for all this funding if we actually had this in our policy. And so, I think that I mean, Michigan as a state is not in the best economic situation. So I think that the more places you can pursue funding, the better. And I think that they really, you know, I think sometimes it does come down to the bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. and so that was one of the presentations we made basically saying this is the dollar and cents amount that we are not eligible for, that we could be eligible for, you mm-hmm. know, just by passing this. That's great. What were some of the challenges or some of the um, things you got, like the lessons learned while you guys were doing this? <laughs> Well, I think one of the challenges was I think that before we had our new regents, they we we really felt like they were ignoring us yeah. for a while, and that we finally just said, "Look, you know, we've been making these presentations. If there's anything about it you don't understand, we really want to invite a meeting with you, and we will answer any and all questions that you have." And that that's the student leader group right. that, that you know made that proposal, and they were not contacted, and so I think that. Part of the frustration was they just felt like, well, you're ignoring us and, and just hoping that this will go away. But I think, you know, that's a credit to the student leader group is that they were like, no, we're not going away. You know, yeah. we're going to get this done. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of folks that, that maybe thought it wouldn't even happen this soon, you know. Right. So right. Um, so I, I would say that was a challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. So wow! So now Eastern Michigan has sexual orientation in their in their non non discrimination. They've got gender identities and non discrimination. I mean, what else would y'all need? You know, I don't know. I mean, we're we're. <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of in the in the in the non discrimination or, or anything, like what else would there be to fight for? I think. Well, you know? I, I think there's still a lot to fight for uh, along those lines. Um, for instance, our our health benefits. There, there's a clause in it saying that just because we have sexual orientation and gender identity or expression, that that doesn't affect benefits. So, for instance, our our employee benefits do not cover hormones. They don't cover um, mm. surgery. So, mm-hmm. so those are things I think in the future too. Um, oh, it's work to be done right right exactly you know mm-hmm. and 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 there's still work to be done about getting gender neutral restrooms in all the facilities because they yeah. definitely don't have them right, you know right. our newer buildings do but but not our older buildings so yeah because it's been more of a commitment to as the new buildings are being built or being renovated that then they start including them not necessarily mm-hmm. um yeah so that's one of the things that's been so because i'm in a newer building and thinking oh you know the, and and not even thinking about it and then realizing as i was driving here going Oh yeah, if I was over in that building, that would be an issue. Right, yeah. right. retrofitting all the old buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think Pray Herald has right. them. That was the don't one quote I was thinking. Me on of. That, but no, but that's don't. our big classroom building, yeah. and and I don't believe they do. So absolutely. So wow, so there is still work to do. Wow. But congratulations yeah. on this. It's a great victory, and it's it's Thanks. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So so tell us about Pride. What's going on with Pride? 
So we've got a couple events. Um, we actually had an event today called Trans 101 that was pretty cool. Um, we had a, a PowerPoint you know, presentation just explaining um, different terms, and then we had a panel. Um, Monday, we are doing a screening of the film M. Butterfly. In, oh, yeah. In 320 stu- EMU Student Center at 530. What's, the, what's M. Butterfly? M. Butterfly, it's, it's, it was a, um, I believe, Tony Award-winning play or... Yeah, it, it won some awards. <laughs> it <was a> <laughs> and it's it's kind of based on um, on Madame Butterfly, the opera, oh. but it's it's switched up a little bit. And so um, it's actually it's about and it's it's based on a true story, but it's it's kind of a fictionalized account of it. So okay. there's this this um, this French, I think he's a military person who falls in love with um, a Chinese opera singer who, who he thinks is a woman, but is really a man um, who's getting paid by the government to spy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it just really examines. Very the, interesting. Wow, kind of like a, like um, uh, the crying game, and uh, mm-hmm. and it addresses a lot of like stereotypes about culture, yeah. and yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So we are we are actually co-sponsoring that with the Center for Multicultural Affairs. Fantastic. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's going to be one of our big events. What else are we doing? I forgot the flyer. <laughs> so I have to flip. We're also um, we're going to do a screening of Kinsey, the film, because um, I was surprised a lot of students hadn't seen it. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a pretty big deal movie, but I don't know. Um, the Liam Neeson film. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did you see it? I did. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting. Did you see it? It, it, it did. It, it challenged me in a few things and how, how, how open he was mm-hmm. about sexuality. And I, I was I, I kind of put off about... Where's the separation that he had with his, his students of like where they had to record right. their own stuff? I was kind of like, you know what? It's none of your business. I mean, I was kind of like, okay, it, it's it's just kind of like for me, like being gay. Mm. There are certain things that I do put on the air. There are certain things I mm-hmm. don't talk about on the air. And but to be able to put all of that out there and to be expected to do that, I thought it was very interesting. And then also challenging and seeing that some of the challenges that he had. This was early 1900s. Uh, 1940s and 50s. Right. right okay. Yeah. So 1940s. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything before my birthday is early 1900s. <laughs> it's early. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That I. Um, it's uh, some of the challenges that he was having. We're still having. We're still having the same conversations mm-hmm. about what sexuality is and 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 the comfort level that even within our own community we we have a hard time talking about that it's so it's such a cultural thing so right and and that it that it is a, you know the concept of sexuality being a continuum i think is still right. being talked about and you know still and surprising to some yeah, yeah. definitely um, so we're going to show that. I'll probably have a little discussion at 7.30 on Tuesday, April 10th in the uh, new Student Center Auditorium. And if you haven't seen the auditorium, it's pretty nice. So. Absolutely. The um, new Student Center is beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're settling in. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're liking it. And so is the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're getting, um, we're, we're the last store of the Student Center is opening. People are excited. There's going to be a Starbucks opening. So that was oh. like the last place to, to open. Did so. the Wendy's ever open? Yeah, Wendy's is Wendy's open. Wendy's actually open. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, so wow. everything is open except for that. Yeah, so. and and it's also the the menus are very different too in there. Um, like they're not the full service menu. No, you can only get certain things. It's oh, a very interesting. Yeah, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, you can only get like their sandwiches yeah, or something. It's an express. Yeah, yeah you everything's can't express. Get, yeah, you can't get their bucket o. You know, it's uh, <laughs> right. you know, so it's it's a very interesting yeah. Or and even with Wendy's, I can't remember what the. I, I, I haven't been over there. It just what, what um, 
I knew Wendy's was gonna have a limited menu, and I can't remember if it was just fries. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, um, no. I, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. just fries and Coke. That's all you could get. Oh, no, right. they yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah. You know, and then, and then slightly more things than that. And so. then you have your celebration of role models and heroes. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Um, and two of our biggest events are actually at the the end of the month. Um, we have our lavender spring celebrations of uh, role models and mentors, and then also graduates. And and we really oh, in, yeah. encourage and invite lots of people. You know, it's, people think it's just Eastern, and it's not. We honor oh. community members too. You know, parents. Yeah. Parents yeah. come with students. So that's um, Monday, April 16th at 11 o'clock. And actually, um, Jim Toy is going to be our, our keynote speaker for that. So oh, we're, we're looking wow. forward to that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah wow. So, yeah, but the president's going to be there of, of, of Eastern. And, you Which know, is, so. I need to actually say, don't you brought him up, um, is that he has been very supportive. Um, yeah. And I have to admit, I, for a while, there was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of rhetoric. Yeah. In fact, I think I even challenged. We're the, talking about the president. The president okay. of President Fallon. Right. <laughs> president of Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. President <laughs> Fallon. Yeah, exactly. And I think I even challenged the advisory board at one point saying, no, this is a bunch of rhetoric. I have not seen anything in action. I have not actually seen him do anything. Yeah. He shows up at the meetings. Oh, okay. He makes an appearance, you know. Um, but then I heard that he did a lot of work behind the scenes that, you know, that, I, that people don't get to know about and I think that that was and that this is apparently his with, with all the communities that he really does believe in diversity um, it's not just rhetoric that he feels he needs to say that he really does have not just for LGBT folks but I think as he's found different other things that, have, that are going on on campus with uh, regarding diversity mm-hmm. that he he steps up to the plate and like you know get your act together folks um, I, yeah I mean I, I think he does too and I, I you know I was hesitant too like oh yeah mm-hmm. he talks a good game but you know yeah. obviously mm-hmm. you know the real deal and I think he is and, and he did a ton of work on yeah. this gender identity and expression policy and right. and i don't know if it would have gone through without him and right. you know I, I feel like he was a big force behind it too so Absolutely. he's been incredibly supportive so he'll be there and then um i know we're almost out of time so our last event um is uh april 18th and that's on a wednesday it's day of silence and so all our student organizations are coming together to do all day long programming for that and then Very at night they're going to have a big concert to uh, to break the silence oh that's awesome, awesome. So, yeah. yeah that's very cool it sounds like Eastman's just going to end the year really strong it's, it's amazing yes absolutely yeah, we're excited and I think I think we're more visible now too that we did move into the new student center so I think more folks can see us and get involved and Great. So we've had an exciting year. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kate. Yeah. Well, thanks right. for having me. Yes, absolutely. So you know what? Before we go, Gabe, I noticed there was one thing we didn't do this um, that we do every show, but we What's have that? we did do this time. What? Sing? How no. is, oh, yes, sing. You're <laughs> how are you, Gabe? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to Orlando on Friday. Well, you're leaving us? I am. So I may call in from oh, the sunny beaches of Orlando wow, next Tuesday. Okay. So watch out. But it's for work. So, but it'll still be okay. You okay, know. Right. We might hit the Disney. Is it world or land? That's over there. You know, I get mixed up. Disney Place. Uh, yeah, so, the Disney Place. Exactly. Yeah, probably Disney Place. And, you know, there's a... Uh, a couple other things we're gonna right, see. Okay. <laughs> okay. So good. So this week's been good for you too. It, it has been. It has been. Yeah. It's All been, right. Uh, like Kate, we're sort of feeling the the press of the year ending upon yeah, us. Yeah, so. definitely. All right. Well, I just don't want to feel the other, you know, um, things for people pressing on and listening to us, especially those who are listening to us on podcasting. That's right. I really appreciate that we we um, did get actually some responses to your quiz last week. Um, I got an email from somebody saying I uh, couldn't call in. I listened to it on Friday. Oh, so, um, 
<laughs> so that was one of those things. So I wanted to say thanks to all those who are podcasting. And those who don't, definitely go to iTunes and... and look uh, up Closets Are For Clothes. Absolutely. Right. So Because you can definitely um, listen to us um, at other times. Great. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhaj, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. WCBN FM All right, here we are now, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Robert. This is now The Hop. You just uh, heard before from the good folks at Closets Are For Clothes. I'm on here now from 7 to 9 p.m., Spinning old records, soul and funk, mostly soul though, soul 45s. Um, going on after me at 9 o'clock will be the local music show. Always a fun time as well. Anyways, I'm going to start tonight off with a Detroit male vocal group called the Young Sirs off the Magic City label and followed up with The Creations and a song of theirs called I've Got to Find Her. Hope you like what you hear. This is The Hop. On WCBN FM Ann Arbor. There is something the with your heart, baby. Something the with your Somewhere, somehow.